thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Hello and welcome to Football Digest, the Women's World Cup edition. Um, we are 24 hours on after England scraped it through to the quarterfinals. I am joined by some of our team today, Hannah, Beth and Jack, who, Jack, what time is it there in Sydney right now? Well, I'm going to have to look at my phone to check that. I should give you an idea of how all of this time. It's eight o'clock, so uh, yeah, apologies. It's a little dark where I am, mate, but yeah, good to see you. So at the time of recording, it is literally 24 hours after the England game. Um, for those of you that haven't had time to catch up, um, we are here for you. Um, we'll be going through and debriefing everything for you. You can obviously follow all of our World Cup coverage across our Reach Women's Football socials, across the Mirror, across the Manchester Evening News, the Liverpool Echo, Birmingham Live, all of our regional sites. Um, we are there and covering. Um, so. Let's start with that nervy, shaky, every, ner- all of my nervous system broke down yesterday, put it that way. Um, England did scrape through on penalties. Um, obviously, the other big talking point in the game was the Lauren James red card. We will come to that in a little while. Now, Jack, you were there. What was it like? Because I know for me at home, and I think everybody else at home, it was the most nerve-wracking 120 minutes of our lives, um, plus whatever the penalties were. So take us through that time. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty tense in the press box uh, high up in the Brisbane Stadium, and not just I don't think because of the, the the frantic nature that a game that goes to extra time and penalties naturally leads to for us when we're there reporting. I think it was also the the tension of of the way the game went, also the fact that to be honest. It, I'd say from sort of half time onwards, you could only really hear if there was any noise coming from the crowd, it tended to be the Nigeria fans rather than the, the, the England supporters. And there were plenty of England supporters in Brisbane throughout the day, you know, saw, saw loads on the way to the ground. Um, but I think their sort of silence from, yeah, half time onwards sort of spoke volumes about how the, how the team was performing on the pitch. And it just sort of seemed to radiate around the ground that, that nervous energy that you get when you just, you, we all know that you go to enough football games, you know after a while when one is going the distance and and last night felt like it was going the distance pretty much from from the first five minutes or so, uh, certainly I thought. So yeah, and completely, it was, I mean, I'm sure it was, it was gut-wrenching for everyone at home as well. It was, yeah, my nerves like yours, Laura, also shredded today. I'm, I'm, I'm still having sort of 24 hours later, I'm only just starting to recover and, and get, get my system back to normal after that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a tense one, but Obviously, from an England perspective, the main thing is they got the job done somehow. I don't really know how, but they did get the job done. We will talk about that a little bit now, actually. It's a, a nice little link because they got the job done. And it was very much like the first two group games that that they went through. And, you know, we obviously obliterated China. And we really hoped that after that performance, you know, the worry was Kira Walsh. The worry was we wouldn't be able to play our best without Kira Walsh. Katie Zellum did a fantastic job um, in that start against against China, and obviously Lauren James was exceptional. The whole squad—it was like an England that we hadn't seen for a while. You know, we hadn't hadn't scored many goals previous. We were, I guess, lucky to score those two in the the previous two get group games as well. 
And we were like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the England that we've been missing. Um, Hannah, yesterday's performance was definitely the complete opposite of what we experienced against China. Um, definitely what we weren't expecting, I don't think, after that that thrashing. Um, talk us through kind of how, sum up the game for you, I guess. And I have a good feeling what I know it will be like, but... Talk us through the changes as well that you think that we might need to make in 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 the next next round. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. It's just you find me just getting over it now. Twenty four hours later, it was absolute. Just I, I remember being sat there yesterday, like and you're trying to work and you've got all your family around, but you're just so like tense and just the smallest thing would just annoy me because I'm like just need England to win this. Um, but yeah, it was it was far from you know the performance that we we saw against China but I I think in a way it probably was expected I mean Nigeria have been outstanding at this tournament and they're outstanding again and you know I think many people would say we're probably the better team and on the balance of play probably deserve to go through maybe ahead of England I, I was really 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 impressed with with how they performed yesterday against England because you know not only did they shut England out and they shut England out exceptionally well. Like if, you know, you can keep Lauren James quiet, then you're certainly doing something right. And obviously I know we'll get onto it, but that resulted in things sort of boiling over a little bit. But usually when teams are so good defensively, particularly against teams like England, it's because they're sitting back and because they're just shutting you out and just looking to counterattack. But that wasn't Nigeria at all. Like they were still on the ball like possession stats I'm sure pretty equal Nigeria was still causing us all kinds of problems which I thought was really impressive because not only did they defend extremely well but they attacked extremely well as well and caused England a hell of a lot of problems Ashley Plumpton for me I'm like where has that been at Leicester all season don't get me wrong she's not been bad for Leicester but that you know she was outstanding for Nigeria yesterday and um, was probably for me one of the players of the match. There was, I think, twice in the early stages that she nearly scored, hit the bar on one, which, you know, was a pretty nervy moment. That, yeah, I, I, I think rather than sitting here and saying how bad England were, I just want to say how good Nigeria were, to be honest, because they were. And I think the fact that England got through that game in a weird way still gives me. A little bit of confidence because it's just we're showing that we can win in different ways and just get it over the line you know we've shown we can dismantle teams in the manner in which we did against China but we're also showing that we can grind out a result when we need to and and when our backs are against the wall and I think Serena Vigman will probably as well take a lot of confidence from that. Yeah, and I remember actually her post-match, she was talking about how much resilience the team showed in those circumstances where they really had to dig deep. I mean, they probably need to find a new way of saying dig deep after yesterday's performance. They they really did have to just put every ounce of their energy into just not conceding into, like you say, a very, very good Nigeria side. And Beth, I think all of us may have breathed a bit of a sigh of relief when Oshwala was on the bench and, and she wasn't starting. And obviously a very, very dangerous player. She did eventually come on for Nigeria, but I don't know about you, but I wonder if England fans thought, hold on a minute, she's on the bench. Do we have a shot here? 
maybe the England players themselves thought, you know, and again, it goes back to never underestimating, but Nigeria deserves so much credit. Um, just on England, Beth, is there any, anybody that did stand out for you yesterday? Because I don't want to be too negative because we did win. We did make it through to the quarters. Um, Nigeria do deserve all the credit and we, we weren't at our best. We were far from it. But who did stand out for you yesterday? Well, I think Jess Carter's having a, an amazing tournament, I've got to say. You know, I think sort of on that that opening day when we saw her name on the, on the team sheet against Haiti, there was a there was a few raised eyebrows and, there were, you know, we're, we're not used to seeing her really in, in the England setup under Serena Beekman. She's not been a, a prominent figure in this team. So it was, you know, can she cope with the pressure and can she slot into into this back line? And obviously then we saw her bench for the second game and, and she came back in when... when uh, Serena chose to go to a back three and I think she's been exceptional the last two games I really do and I think she's kept it simple I think you know with Millie Bright still sort of finding her feet and returning to full fitness you know it's been great to have Carter just absolutely smashing it next to her as well and I think she really suits playing in that back three I think that's where she thrives and um, yeah I think she had a really good game yesterday um, I think Mary Earps as well you know we, we, we can wax lyrical about her all day long and it wasn't sort of the busiest afternoon for her yesterday but when she was uh, when she was called upon, she was she was ready and she was she kept England in the game at times. I think she made a it made a big save in the first half from Plumptre and um, yeah, she's I, th- I think sort of defensively England were, were good. Um, I think you know as as we said, I think it's not fair to just sort of describe Nigeria as a as a fast physical counter attack inside. I think tactically and technically they were excellent as well and and they created a lot of problems. So I think for for England with this sort of makeshift makeshift defence obviously we, we know in, in the absence of Leah Williamson um, England are sort of still finding their feet and cementing themselves as, as a defensive unit so I think they, they did incredibly well to, to shut Nigeria out yesterday um, I think you know further up the pitch the, the the midfield and the attack is is where the problems lay isn't it and I think it was just very disjointed and, and as you said reverted back to to what we saw in those opening couple of games Jack, obviously, we're, we're no Serena here, but um, she does tend to know what she's doing. But I must admit, yesterday, I very much felt like, obviously, Kira Walsh was back in the starting 11. She did make her return from injury, but it was very, very late when she got taken off. And I know when the, the TV cameras zoomed in on her, she didn't look happy at all. And she looked in, I don't know whether discomfort, Beth and Hannah, I don't know if you'd agree that that, that didn't seem something quite right. And I feel like she should have been taken off a little bit earlier. Um, Jack, how do you think it played out actually while you were there? Um, was there any standouts for you? Do you think there could have been changes earlier on? Um, let's kind of go through that a little bit from from your perspective actually in the stadium. Yeah, well, well, firstly, on Kira, I mean, it's, it's getting sort of hard to say, how, predicting her fitness status is is one of the sort of yeah it's the unanswerable question of this tournament really because I mean two weeks ago everyone was writing her off saying you know possible ACL tournament would certainly be over I mean honestly you go back and look at what everyone was saying on that Saturday uh, night or Friday night sorry after the Denmark game you know there was, we, we didn't think we'd see her on the pitch again um, I didn't think she had the best game I, I thought you know for a player of her quality You'd expect uh, once again, though Nigeria did a, a bit of a number on 
her in the same way Haiti did. She didn't have a lot of time on the ball or, or, or you know, an opportunity to really dictate the tempo of the game. Um, I, I agree. I would, I would have seen her come off earlier. Um, I wasn't sure at the time if, if, but then I wasn't sure when she was coming off and did. She did look distressed, but that that could have been for a number of reasons. And also, I was thinking, you know, from set piece point of view, penalty wise, you probably have Katie Zellum on the pitch to take a penalty. I mean, I'm sure that's why she she would have come on anyway. So. It's hard to say. It's definitely one we'll, I'm sure we'll all be following up this week um, when we do get a chance to, to speak to England players and, and, and Serena herself. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I was I was surprised because I didn't think they played very well. And I was I thought, yeah, I said to uh, one of my colleagues in the press box at half time, I thought Randy Waldrum had done a number on Serena, which you know, that's not that's not a slight on Serena because she's she's she, very rarely does she get sort of tactically out for. Um, I don't think it's really ever happened and she's taken charge of England but it, it, it did happen last night and there wasn't a, there wasn't a, a quick reaction or or a change in system to to sort of eliminate England's problems you know that that it was it was a very sort of yeah very slow very the, very disjointed performance for England I thought uh, the, I didn't think they ever got the passing game going and I, I was surprised that she didn't change the system earlier because we have seen that, that they can play two different ways in this tournament um, I obviously I know we'll come on I'm sure in more detail in the on the Lauren James red card but I do think England played a little bit better once she was sent off I think that, that then she had to change the system we went with two banks of four and just basically got behind the ball and said there you go Nigeria it's your, t- it's your game now if you want to break us down you've got to come on to us Nigeria I, d- I don't think that suited them to be honest um, but yeah it, I, I would have seen I, I was surprised we didn't see a, a change sooner, and I think a lot of people around around me were as well. Um, so now, sticking with the the three five one two, whichever way you look at it, is is going to be, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be difficult because it did work so well against China, but equally China are by far the, the weakest opposition we faced here, and and didn't really throw up any surprises. Unlike, I think the other three sides we faced have all been really well organised and really well coached. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tricky one, and of course now we've got a player to to replace as well. So plenty to decide this week. But hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed. Even I say she had a poor game or, or not a best game last night. You'd always want Kira Walsh available for England, and certainly an England side that's as depleted as it is in its its current state. Which is funny, isn't it? Because I think before the tournament, we were saying, oh, you know, especially last year and the Arnold Clark Cup, we were thinking, look at the squad squad depth that we've got that Serena's got to choose from, you know, and now look at things. Um, quick, quick fire. I'm going to throw at everybody before we move on to the next thing. Um, do you start Katie Zellum or Kira Walsh, Hannah? Kira Walsh, without a doubt. I know Katie did a fantastic job against China, but Kira is one of those players. Like if Kira's fit, Kira plays. No questions. Jack? Yep, I agree with Hannah. If she's fit though, that's the but that's the big question now. Is she fit? I'm not so sure. I think it's it's tricky. It's hard to say at this point. Um, and it, yeah, I wouldn't take a risk on her at sort of eighty percent level. I'd, I'd I'd pick Zellum in that case. But but hopefully, yeah, if Kira's fit, Kira plays. I agree. Beth, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be three for three. I'm going to go Kira Walsh. You can't have it. You can't not have her on the pitch when she's she's fit. But one thing I would say, I think it depends on what system Serena Beekman wants to play. I think if she wants to revert back to that sort of three, the the five in midfield or the three whatever formation it was that she she tried last week um I think 
it's sort of Zellum is perhaps more suited to that. I think actually sort of being that double pivot actually suits um, Katie Zellum quite well. I think Kira Walsh sort of being more of a lone six is, is sort of, you know, slightly better for her. So, yeah, I think Kira Walsh, but equally I think it sort of depends on what system Serena Vegan wants to play. All right then, three for three. Um, okay, let's move on. We've obviously got another little conundrum that, that Serena's facing on who goes in the place of Lauren James. Um, Jack, I don't know if you've heard any more from your point of view actually on location of whether that one match ban is going to be upgraded to a three match. At the moment, we are still waiting. You look like you're going to come in. Do you have anything for us? I, I can't say I've got a, a firm update at the moment, unfortunately, mate, but I do I do believe that it will will know within sort of two to three days. I think then again, the, the, the Nigeria player who suffered a similar fate after their first game they only found out just on the day of that that second game. So it could be a bit of a delay. Um, but based on what we know and sort of the, the I suppose the, the precedent that FIFA have laid out, there's no way. I, I can't see a situation where Lauren James doesn't escape a free game ban personally. I think it just, yeah, they'd be, they'd be going against what they've done previously. So I, I would expect a tournament to be over. And, and yeah, another another problem for, for Serena Vigman to solve and, and not an easy one. And it was something really, really silly as well. I think we can all agree that it was just such a, a silly, silly mistake that, that she made. And while it's absolutely inexcusable, I think it's a stark reminder of how young Lauren James actually is. You know, she has so much incredible talent and, you know, it is probably, as you say, Jack, it's going to be a very, very different ending to her tournament than what, what we saw against China and and, you know, her being this absolute superstar, I don't think it changes that. I don't think people should be defined by one mistake. I think people learn from it. But there will be a lot of learning and a big learning curve for for Lauren on this occasion. And I think it's just a real big reminder, especially for those that don't necessarily watch. Obviously, Chelsea, Hannah, Jack, Beth, you've all seen Lauren in action in the WSL um, under Emma Hayes. and. I think for those that don't necessarily watch it, women's football, and it's, this is their first introduction, which it is for many, this is a reminder of exactly how, how young she is. Hannah, you've watched her quite a few times and she is an incredible player. What do you think she's gonna, she is going to learn from this? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think anyone will be more guided than, than Lauren herself. You know, she'll, you know, when you, you're in that position that you are and you're, being talked about in the way that you are and you're quite literally on the road to become this incredible player and suddenly the whole of England are talking about you and you know tips for being the young player of the tournament and everything like that and then you're marked out of the game in the way that you are obviously emotions boil over and I think it's hard to say without ever being in that position myself obviously it's easy when you're outside to sit there and be like what are you doing like why would you do that why would you think you can get away with that it's so easy to do that but unless you're actually in that environment yourself it's you know difficult to say but um I think the good thing is is that Lauren has got incredible people around her she's got a fantastic team of you know teammates that will support her she's got a fantastic national team manager in Serena Vigman and she's got a fantastic club manager in Emma Hayes that will, you know, guide her and, and sort of help her through it because obviously 
the negative sort of press and conversation around it and stuff like that will be hard to, I guess, avoid it and, and not be affected by it. But um, yeah, it, it is a stark reminder of, of just how young she is. And, and you do see it sometimes with young players. They maybe can't quite handle that emotion in the same way. And I, I don't know, maybe there's some questions on Serena for how much you shed her in that limelight and how much you rely on her essentially, because I sort of felt like what it was becoming after sort of the Denmark game is sort of just like, just give the ball to Lauren and she'll sort us out. She'll produce some sort of magic. And then when you're marked out of the game in the way that you are, and it's not quite happening for you and you can sort of sense the emotions boiling up, maybe, I don't know if there was a planned substitution sort of around that. I think there, I think there was because it looked like Ella was about to come on and you'd assume that would have been for Lauren. So maybe if that, you just make that substitution just, five, ten minutes earlier and then this doesn't happen. But yeah, it's going to certainly be a difficult um, conundrum for Serena to navigate in these final games now. Obviously, Lauren has been the one that's produced almost everything good that England have done at this tournament. But we were sort of having the exact same conversation about Kira Walsh the other week about how do England replace Kira Walsh. And I think I even said that I feel like England's tournament walked off the pitch with Kira when she was stretched off and then lo and behold we go and do what we do go and do what we do against China so um in that respect I'm I have enough confidence that we can navigate around it and I assume it'll just be a case of Ella Toon slotting in there and that's that's not a bad player to have come in is it no and that's actually the example of obviously some areas we are a little bit thin on the ground and best in other areas we do have Obviously, these incredible players. Ella Toon was a super sub in the Euros last year. Hopefully, she can kind of push her way back in again because we've only kind of seen her a couple of times, haven't we, since? And seen her magic a couple of times as well. I mean, she's incredible for club and for country. Um, is she probably the best actual substitute for for Lauren? Yeah, I think she's the natural replacement, isn't she, in that, in that number 10 role? That's where she sort of thrives and... Um, you know, very much a capable deputy. I think, as you said, there, there are certain areas in the, of the pitch where we're more well-stocked than others. And I think, you know, as much as we don't want to lose Lauren James, if there was any area of the pitch that, that we can afford to lose a player, it is up front or in, sort of in those offensive positions. Um, I think sort of my overarching emotion when, when she got sent off was just one of sadness, really, because, you know, she's been such, she's, she's such a prodigious talent, isn't she? She's been such an absolute joy to watch. This was her breakout tournament. Um, she was on course to be player of the tournament, potentially winning the golden boot as well. And and now sort of without being too negative or piling on or anything like that, this this tournament now for her will always be synonymous with that that red card. It will. It's the same as, as David Beckham at, at France 98. You know, she will always be remembered for that at this tournament. And that's sad. And, you know, of course we can talk about her goals, but, you know, this will mar her experience this summer. And that is a real shame. But as you, as you guys have said, you know, she hasn't looked like a 21-year-old player, you know, at this tournament so far. She's looked like someone sort of just sort of swatting aside every challenge with just sort of casual disdain, like she's playing five-a-side down the local park. And, and actually last night was was a stark reminder, wasn't it, that, you know, she is a young player and she's still got plenty to learn. Um, but yeah, I think Ella Toon is very much a capable deputy and, and it's an opportunity for her now, you know, it, it opens the door for, for another player to step up and you know, Chloe Kelly as well. I mean, I know obviously doesn't really play in that number 10 role, but when we talk about, you know, attacking positions, she didn't even start yesterday and, and what a phenomenal talent she is and what a, 
you know, how brilliant has she been when she has been on the pitch at times in this tournament? So I think England are equipped to cope without Lauren James. Um, but yeah, definitely a big moment of learning for her going forward. Jack, we talk about the, um, obviously the substitutes that can come on in her place, Ella Toon and Chloe Kelly. We have those options, but are England, it, are we devoid of actual true game changer now? Is is that it? Or do you think there are these players that can come on, like Beth said, Chloe Kelly she had that moment in the Euros to win it for us and she, she scored that winning penalty as well. Talk us through, do you think that's our game changer gone for the tournament or do you think there's, there's other people out there? Well, I suppose it would be unfair to say, you can't say Chloe Kelly and, and Ella Toon aren't game changers just because of the way they score the goals that won us the year came off the bench in the Euros final and, and, and won us that final if you look at it that in a simple way but I think go back to the point Hannah made I think that's that's the thing and, and we do forget Lauren James is is only 21 should England really have been England shouldn't be relying on it on Lauren James I don't think just as a, as a sole attacking creative force is it's only really the end of her first proper full season in the WSL in terms of playing Near enough, and she still doesn't play week in, week out. You know, hey, Emma Hayes didn't trust her for the the semi final against Barcelona. Didn't think she was ready for that sort of that that sort of game. Where it's you know it's the real high level, it's the fine margins tactically, and and fitting her in the right formation. And I think Serena um, did a great job of managing a way of getting her and Lauren on the pitch at the same time. Because I don't I don't think after that first game, I, I don't think where obviously Lauren James on the bench, I don't think she wanted. Hemp one side, James the other. It's just too offensive, too imbalanced. I think that's why she quite likes Chloe Kelly if she does go with with players out wide. Um, so we could, we, I think we might see a return to that um, for the quarterfinals. But equally, as as Beth said, you, this is the perfect chance for Ella Toon to really kickstart her tournament. She's not going to get a better chance. She didn't play well. I think she would admit herself she didn't play well um, in the opening game against Haiti when she was given that chance and and and. Yeah, it was a, a little bit better against Denmark, but I felt at times it was just like just just not physical enough, just not holding on to the ball for long enough, um, and giving Alessia Russo the support she needed. So she's she's now got a, a perfect chance that she didn't think she'd get, and I think yeah, Serena was about to bring on Ella last night before obviously only she was she was kitted up and virtually ready to go, and then um, the, the the incident happened. Obviously, Lawrence seats red, and and the game changes. But I also think, and, and just a quick word on. Um, praising Nigeria again because I thought Ayindi who was marking Lauren for the whole game was absolutely outstanding against her. I thought and as um, Hannah's already pointed out Plum, Plumtree as well I thought they were the best two players on the pitch um, but that's what happens when you know when we're young we all get frustrated easily it's not excusing it but yeah things like that happen I mean in the era of VAR you just you just can't do it in the old days you could probably if you, someone did it tried to get away with it you could almost forgive them and now it's it's a little bit more different but yeah Lauren's a uh, Lauren's surrounded by a great team, great people around her, her dad. And, you know, it's, it's probably helps coming from a, a proper football family in this scenario. And as well, I think Lucy Bronze said straight after the game, she was she was straight over it to her in the dressing room after after the win. And yeah, she'll she'll be taken care of over the next few days and I'm I'm sure she'll be fine. But yeah, what a what a great chance for, for Ella Toon to step up now. Definitely some great chances. Um, hopefully, it's not a nervy um, course final. Um, don't think my nerves can stack it. 
we have found out who we will face in the quarterfinal on Saturday. Um, England will take on Colombia. Um, I think a lot of people might have thought it might have been Jamaica. They've been playing incredibly well. That is their tournament over. We now face Colombia. Um, Hannah, <laughs> how do you think we're going to get on? <laughs> I'm nervous. I, Colombia, for me, outside of England, have been one of my favourite teams to watch at this tournament. I absolutely love Linda Caicedo so much. Like, I, I know we all talk. We were talking about Lauren James potentially being like you know that player that's young player at the tournament for me. Linda Caicedo, I love Lauren, but I, I just go back to that moment that she had against Germany. That goal, like at eighteen years of age, to do that against a team of that calibre is just absolutely insane. And Colombia do have incredible threat as well. So I think it kind of helps that maybe they did have that result against Germany because it, it, it kind of is that clear reminder that you cannot under any circumstances take them lightly because they have all the firepower to to get at you. I think in a way it's maybe better that we're not facing Jamaica just because I do think Jamaica bar that game against Colombia just now, they they have been one of the most solid defensive teams at this tournament, I think that was their first goal that they've conceded. You know, they held France to a nil-nil draw. They held Brazil to a nil-nil draw. So it's it's in that respect, maybe a little bit better that we are facing Colombia. I do think going the other way, Colombia maybe can be got at a little bit more than Jamaica would have been. Um, but yeah, I think you've just got to be so careful with with the, the threat that, that Colombia do have going forward. And it'll be another huge test for Serena Wiegmann and this team and Obviously, that Nigeria game as well will be another stark reminder that how difficult these teams are, even if on paper it does look like an easier route to the final. If this tournament's taught us anything, there's absolutely no easy route to a final at all. No, there definitely is no easy route to this final. Um, Beth, final thoughts from you on Colombia, our next opponents. It is going to be incredibly difficult again, Um, obviously. Linda Casido is fantastic. And we talk about age. We talk about Laura being only 21. She's only 18. Like, just insane, the talent that she has got. Is there anybody else in that team that you think will be a major threat or do you think it, it sh- the, the main one is going to come from her, Beth? I think she's definitely, obviously, the sort of the talisman, isn't she? But I, ju- I just think as a unit, collectively, Colombia have been been really, really impressive. I mean, to, to beat Germany in the manner that they did and to do it late on, and it, it, there just seems to be this real sort of aura of, of unity about that team and and definitely not to be, to be underestimated. But no, I think, you know, you, you could talk all day about Linda Caicedo, couldn't you? She's phenomenal. And I think, you know, um, one of the, the brilliant things about World Cup football is it throws up these amazing stories. And, and she's had a very, very difficult few years. You know, she she overcame cancer and, and, you know, went through chemotherapy. And now here she is at 18, just absolutely lighting up, you know, the biggest tournament in, in world football. So sort of from a personal standpoint, it, it's great to see her doing well. Hopefully she has a bit of an off day against England because, you know, we know we know exactly what, what she can do. Um, but yeah, I think, I think as, as Hannah touched on earlier, I actually think yesterday's result will give England confidence. I think sometimes when you have days like that where it just doesn't feel like it's your day, you know, and you still manage to get through and get over the line, that there is this sort of, you know, is, is this going to be our year? Is this, you know, our, our, is it written in the stars that we're going to, 
we're going to go all the way. And I think England will, will take enormous confidence from that yesterday. I really do. Um, but yeah, Colombia will not be be easy by any means. And I'm expecting another sort of nail-biting, sort of very close, hard-fought hard fought game. But hopefully England won't put us through extra time and penalties again, because I'm not sure our, our nerves could take that. Our nerves definitely can't take that. We need England to score in normal time and get a few in the back of the net so that can see us through. Um, Jack, one final thought and we will wrap up. Obviously, from a stadium point of view, inside, it's going to be in Sydney. It's an 11.30am UK time kickoff. But those Colombian fans, you mentioned earlier, that England fans were quite quiet actually yesterday. Those Colombian fans are something else. They are incredibly loud. They are in, they've just got just oh, amazing support. They light up any entrance that they walk into a stadium. Jack, how hard do you think that's going to be for England to face as well? Because we we need that support behind our girls as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's never easy, is it? They'll be it'll be like stepping into a cauldron. I'd have thought for those those England players on Saturday night. Um, not only have Colombia had, like you say, superb support throughout in every game they've played, but also unlike England's first game at Sydney, this one's now at the larger stadium, Australia. So it's like you know where the the, the opening game when uh, was was held and and where the final will be held as well. So like it's it's yeah it's it's going to be an intense atmosphere, I think, for for our t- for the England team, but. This is what a World Cup's all about, you know. If you can't sort of handle that that heat and that pressure um, and that intensity, then you 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 don't you won't get to the final. You know, England showed they had resolve to deal with it um, last night. Hopefully, from an England point of view, they can show that again on on Saturday. But yeah, they, they'll need they'll need every fan in that stadium right behind them. However, things are going on the pitch, because um, I think I get a feeling it's going to be another another long night. Genuinely nervous and anxious thinking about it um okay that is it for today um england versus Colombia. it has been confirmed um on saturday it is saturday evening australian time and then it's 11 30 a.m uk time england versus Colombia. and uh, we will be back for a preview of that but that's it for the women's world cup show today 